everybody, welcome back to We and You, where we talk about the Kentucky Commission on Human Rights and a little bit about what's going on in our area. I am Terrence Sullivan. And I'm Brittany Cook. We're broadcasting from beautiful downtown Louisville here in the historic Hayburn Building. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today is a very fun day. We have a special guest, Lee Nevis. Lee, say hey everyone. Hello, 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 <laughs> I'm here. It's a very professional sounding voice. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to be a professional today, right? <laughs> sure, this is the place for being a professional, of course. <laughs> Duh. Uh, today, we wanted to talk about something that was pretty interesting. Um, we were having this conversation before and thought it might be a conversation to share with others about the politicization. That's hard to say. Politi politicization. Oh my, there's only one T. Politicization. Politici politicization? Polit <laughs> what the is this anemone. word? Why? <laughs> this is a terrible topic. I can't even say it. Politicization. That's what I was saying. No. Yeah. See anemone. I'll spit it out, kid. <laughs> Politi Politization. Yep, sure. Yeah. Anyways, yep. Anyway. That word. The the politicizing of words. There we go. And phrases Absolutely. and actions. Cool. And so what we wanted to do today was talk about just a few serious and common things that have become politicized. And then maybe a few fun ones or just not as serious. Fun maybe isn't the right word, but just things that are so innocuous that it's like, It's really? just like more culturally humorous <laughs> to imagine that these things are politicized, even though we're not being very serious about it. Yeah, like cats and dogs. Right, exactly. Or lizards. Correct. Anyway, <laughs> so the first thing, um, and this was really big, um, probably five six years ago um, with Colin Kaepernick and sports themselves have been seen recently as being something that has grown in the at least appearance by some of them being considered political and I think part of that it, it does go back to Colin Kaepernick but it really in all honesty was before then it's just certain things that people were standing for or kneeling for, I guess, mm -hmm. um, is really what drove that to becoming a polarizing lightning rod, I guess. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one example is Tim Tebow, um, which I completely forgot was a thing until I said it right now. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But Tebowing, and if you... I remember then when he was his his brief stint in the NFL. If you didn't love everything about Tebow, then people just said, "Oh, you don't like our country. You don't like religion. You don't mm -hmm. like God. You, I don't know. I I know you're not the most avid American football watcher, but is that something that you were really?" cognizant of in the t when it was going on you know I mean I knew that it was going on I casually watch a lot of sports even though I'm not very into NFL like I like I, I tune into sports center I try to know what's going on there you go <laughs> um and I remember when that was happening it 
You're absolutely right. I think that was the stance everyone took of, it was so weird because, like, it was, he was just doing this as a celebration for himself, whether you're a Christian or not. I don't think that he was encouraging all his other teammates to do it. He wasn't, like, telling everyone, like, this is what you have to do or, like, you're against Jesus. But then the commentary around it became so politicized. It was so just, like, bizarre and crazy. (laughs) And he became this, like, hero within, like, the Christian community and then kind of a, a starting point for people to talk about how, you know... Well, politics don't belong in sports, but it, that wasn't really the topic then. And yeah, and I think what's interesting about the Tebow um, situation, and it's funny that you said starting point because he didn't start for very long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I, I love Jim Tebow, uh, but it was interesting in that argument that the position of people was, you know, this is something that we should be doing and you should be encouraging people to do to be more like him and it was quite the opposite of what happened in the future Mm -hmm. um but it was seen as anything that he was doing was seen as something that people should emulate and it was oh we we really need to make sure other people are watching him because we want them to get this message of of goodness and wholesomeness from him Mm -hmm. and it was quickly co-opted where he would have, and I watch football religiously, mm-hmm. huh? no pun intended, but that just kind of happened. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> and um, he would have a really bad game where he had, I'll just be facetious a little bit and say negative eight yards. And by stating that fact that he had negative eight yards and it's like, well, that's in comparison to other quarterbacks, that's really bad. Yeah. And it quickly shifted to why are you critiquing his yardage because he's a great person and he's doing all of these things for people and humanity mm-hmm. and this is the real reason why people are in sports and it's to influence others and uplift others and get them to be more like them their role models mm-hmm. and all of that and then it just shifted how quick the turn tables <laughs> <laughs> a few years later <laughs> That's going to be the name of uh, your next podcast, How Quick the Turntables. How Quick the Turntables. (laughs) Yeah, well, because I I absolutely agree with that sentiment, though, is I do believe that as a professional athlete with a platform, you should absolutely be using your platform to influence, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. So, I mean, even though I wasn't like living and dying for Tim Tebow, the fact that he was doing that, I had absolutely no issue with. Because if that's something that he believes in and other, you know, Christian people want to look up to him and want to have their kids look up to him, that's great. I mm-hmm. totally feel that. My biggest issue with that is, and I'm imagining this is probably the direction that we're about to pivot, <laughs> is that later down the road, when Colin Kaepernick came into the mix... It was all this completely flipped on the other side. Yes. Where it was like, oh, no, stick to sports. Don't talk about any issues. Stick to sports. It's like, well, if you want him to stick to sports, why are you cool with Tim Tebow not sticking to sports? I'm cool with both. Right. And any normal human should be cool with both. (laughs) Like, I'm not on TV. I don't have a platform. A, yet. Um, (laughs) Like, I... If you have that sort of attention on you, 
I truly believe you absolutely should be using your influence to speak about issues that you care about. And, like, we can't say, like, I can't say, well, Colin Kaepernick was totally right in what he was doing, but Tim Tebow wasn't. And I can't say Tim Tebow was right in what he was doing and Colin Kaepernick was wrong. It's it, it almost, almost, obviously completely different subjects, very, very similar. I don't want to say they were the same things, but they were close enough where you gotta, you, you gotta be all in or all out, <laughs> homie. No, I, I I agree. It it was interesting to watch um, as people shifted from, oh, we need more people do it, being like him. Oh, who cares about the football side of it? He's not. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if he has negative eight yards, mm-hmm. and but he's such a good person, and he's promoting this great message. And then we have someone who led their team to the Super Bowl, and had until uh, Lamar Jackson came along and broke some records. We had someone <laughs> who was setting records the NFL had never seen before, mm-hmm. and they, in consultation with a. Um, service member decided to kneel to protest police brutality and it quickly quickly became a political lightning rod where if you supported it they were like oh you're clearly on this this side and if you Mm -hmm. were against it it's oh you're clearly on this side and Mm -hmm. there was no room for nuance Mm -hmm. um, or discussion it just quickly became this support of this means this and non-support of this means that yep and there was not that same acceptance that was afforded a tebow where it was oh these are your beliefs and you are good for you for using your platform to shed light on an issue that is very important to you and your community Mm -hmm. because i agree with you i think that's what athletes should do anyone with a platform if you have a, a a topic or a subject that you want to shed light on please do it because everyone doesn't live the life you live and so some people learn from hearing the influence of others and Mm -hmm. you said something um, a second ago that made me think of another big example of sports being now seen as political and I don't even and we can get back to um, the WNBA and the NBA, which the WNBA has been the leaders in um, any social change through mm-hmm. their sport. But I was thinking about when LeBron James was asked about something that was impacting his person, his own personal life, um, when people went to his house and painted racist things on his house and the gates around his house and he talked about it in a way that wasn't specifically personal to him because or just him because he said he was fortunate enough he could have it removed he had security but he knew there were others who were like him who were facing similar things that didn't have those things and a certain news host told him that he should shut up and dribble and it was frustrating that even him talking about his own personal experience, something that he had literally just faced that morning, yep. um, was not worth talking about because they viewed him talking about being the victim of 
racism as being political. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to defeat that type of mindset where someone's experience, if it's not something that you're comfortable with, it then is seen as political. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Yeah. It, I don't even know. It, that's what's frustrating to me about, at least in this conversation, about in this aspect of it is certain things that apply to some it's seen as political when it doesn't necessarily apply to others and that's really where we are with sports um i mentioned the WNBA because and i think you you've seen this they were really the trailblazers in taking pretty much taking the bull by the horns can't Mm -hmm. think of a good idiom right now no that's that makes sense (laughs) and they uh, instead of doing what the nfl tried to do when they tried to not try to succeed at disassociating themselves from colin kaepernick he was Mm -hmm. never able to get a job again even though like i said he led a team to the super bowl and was one drop catch not a bad throw one drop Mm -hmm. catch away from winning the super bowl yep um this person goes unemployed and you had the NFL basically like, mm, you know what? We're just not. We're not going to touch that. We're just going to. We're going to uh, collectively with our owners not employ yeah, this person. Absolutely. And we're going to pretend like it's not happening. And they when, took a very cowardly move, is what I would say. Maybe that's a strong word. No, that's accurate. All they did was they they thought about two things. They thought about ownership and sponsorships, yep. and they didn't care, even though. I truly believe that any team that would have taken him, merchandise sales would have, I mean, skyrocketed. Because I think that people don't understand how many people felt so heard and validated mm-hmm. in him doing that. And it's just, they like weren't even thinking about it. They were like, oh, these owners who are like these terrifying, powerful um, men. <laughs> yep, white men. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, who have such control, they didn't want to displease them didn't want to rock the boat yeah and what to your point um nike and this is hard for me to say as die hard three stripes um nike continued their partnership with con kaepernick had a had a line come out they yes they benefited financially oh my very greatly (laughs) like they they made a lot of money off of that which and i'm sure he did too yeah which freaking good for him. Yeah, really good for him it. since he couldn't get a job anymore because Absolutely. you know, he had an opinion. Right. Um yeah. But women's basketball, the WNBA, um they went the opposite way of the NFL and they embraced the discussion. Mm-hmm. And this started um a few years ago actually and it just kind of bubbled up more recently, but in Minnesota um, the links actually from some of their statements and activism had the police, um, the same Minneapolis police that we all know um, about now, mm-hmm. but they boycotted serving as security at Lynx games because they were displeased with the social activism of the players <clears throat> in response to well, well, we'll skip over that for now. But it's they, multiple reasons. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they quickly um, in this more current uh, 
response in social justice, they began to league-wide. Um, the basket, the players, they wore jerseys with Breonna Taylor's name on the back, mm-hmm. and they had different shirts that sometimes would have bullet holes where people were shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they really... If people wanted to associate sports with politics, mm-hmm. and if you are of the belief that um, having opinions on reality and people being murdered, um, if you think that's political, mm-hmm. they embraced that and they ran with it because they mm-hmm. figured if they're going to, to your point, have a platform, they might as well use it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where some people then were worried that well, if the WNBA is doing it, good thing people aren't watching that because we don't need people to see that, but the NBA is not doing this, so we're fine. Well, (laughs) Well. (laughs) then came the bubble. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And one of the more interesting developments this year was the NBA playoffs shutdown where they decided not to play until certain items were addressed Mm -hmm. and they also chose to make sure that there was a black lives matter banner on every game that was visible at all times during any game and they the where it does get into politics in a way um is they also negotiated for nba arenas to be polling places um for the election that just ended and so Mm -hmm. it it was interesting to see the intersection when there was some actual crossover with politics as opposed to perceived crossover yeah that's actually a really good point that you brought up and i was thinking about that because for so long technically a lot of the issues that you know athletes and sports figures have spoken out about about social justice issues and different you know racial, sexism, whatever issue that you can think of that's been spoke about in sports, it really hasn't been, like, definition political. Like, it has nothing to do with, like, the government, which is literally the definition of political. Yes. But now, it absolutely is political because, like, we're having conversations about the police, which is a government entity. We're having discussions about voting, which is a... Like, you vote for government offices. It's a political function. It literally is a political (laughs) function. So, I guess with that, like, what what is your stance on the fact that they're really, really leaning into being political now? Or do you even have a stance? I personally think that it's a good start because if you're going... If anything you do is going to be perceived as political, which is the point of this conversation... Mm -hmm. um, you might as well take advantage of that politicization. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> Great pronunciation. <laughs> I was practicing while you were talking. I figured. Um, but taking advantage of that and using that as a, a pivot point to say, okay, well, if everything I do, you're going to take it politically, let's get people politically engaged while we're in it. And so mm-hmm. I was very, very impressed that that was part of the negotiation to play the playoffs, to say, yeah. well you know what, any of us here, we need to make sure that we create access to people for voting. Um, And I will for 
ever talk about the greatness of LeBron James, and very rarely will I even mention basketball. Mm-hmm. But his more than a vote campaign with Stacey Abrams, Michelle Obama, um, all of these people who were registering people to vote, paying off the poll taxes that they called court fees in Florida, mm-hmm. just enabling people to vote and be per- participants in democracy, I think is is wonderful. Because yeah. if, if you're going to be perceived as being political, then lean into it and make change and do something that can help others in the future. And so I personally think that it's a great idea to lean in because there are some people who see the Kaepernick kneeling and they automatically assume or impart politics into those decisions and those Mm -hmm. actions and so lean in wasn't that the the campaign what about you what do you how do you feel about the inflection of politics into sports and not even just politics but just awareness of political realities i think that i'm now much more accepting and open to it i think there i don't well first off i don't want to say i was ever close to it i truly think that if you have an opinion whether it's political or not if you're in a place of influence you should be able to speak it and do you know why because guess what i do every day on social media guess what everyone does every day on social media they talk about politics (laughs) it would drive me crazy when people would be like stick to sports stick to sports it's like Okay, Karen, you're an accountant. Why do you stick to accounting? Like, you're <laughs> giving your political opinion right now online. Why can't they? Just because they have more followers means they can't. That drove me insane. And especially because a lot of opinions and things that people were talking about weren't technically political. So that is kind of why, like, for a long time I would argue, like, it's not political, it's not political. Like, get, get over it, please. But now that we're leaning into actually having political opinions and making political statements, I'm I'm thrilled about it, honestly. I think it's a great thing. I think if no one else is going to have these conversations, then why not people who your average human is watching and paying attention to every day? People with platforms, for sure. Absolutely. And that's not just athletes. I mean, that's, you know, musicians, actors, whatever. Actors, like who? <laughs> like my man. <laughs> my man Chris Evans is doing some great freaking things this year for politics, y'all. Like, just, we don't have to get into it, but just Google it. He really is doing the most. Yeah. No. I think literally maybe doing the most, public-wise. Yeah, Maybe not. <laughs> well, I think for, you know, constituents yeah. who want to learn more about yeah. government. Which like, is that's what I think. Really important. Because Absolutely. that's part of being participatory is education and yes what he's doing is a an effort to educate correct um, people on what the issues are and what stances are on those issues yeah um aside from sports Mm -hmm. another area that we've seen shift into more um political territory is words phrases and quite frankly, facts. <laughs> but what are some phrases or things that people say that now, maybe five years ago, didn't come across as being political, but now if I were to say, oh, you know, the, the weather 
has been really strange in the past few years. Like, we have had more hurricanes than we've ever had in a calendar year. Yeah. And to some, that's political. Absolutely. Or saying, like, wow, we're going to have a really warm winter. Yeah. That's... Someone feels they need to give, like, a clarification opinion <laughs> on it. And it's it's frustrating that common, innocuous things have become politicized in mm-hmm. that sense. Um, just thinking of, I'll use the election, the most recent election, as an example mm-hmm. of words and phrases randomly being able to be political now. Um before we started recording, the governor of Ohio said that Joe Biden won the election. This was CNN and Fox and MSNBC breaking news that someone stated a qualifiable and quantifiable fact that someone had more votes than someone else. Um, and that was seen as a political move. Oh, people went nuts. I saw it on social media. <laughs> and it it's bizarre to think that we are in a, a world right now where stating something that is fact mm-hmm. can be quickly um, seen as a line of demarcation of where someone stands on something. Mm-hmm. And the... The statement that someone won a a contest, so to speak, is not something that should become a political thing when there are very varied um, stats that you can point to to say this is why this is true and obvious. Mm -hmm. You don't, going back to sports, you don't watch a football game and the score is, let's say... 37 to 6 and say, gosh, I wonder who won. That's not how it works. But right now, um, someone making a statement on the election results is seen as political. Mm -hmm. And Are there any other things like that or just things that people say that you can think of that have become more of a political marker than Mm -hmm. they need to be? I think... um... A lot of terms people use um, when it comes to, like, unity and, like, bringing people together. U-N-I-T-Y. I I think that has such a political connotation now, more so than it did, like, you know, 10 years ago. Because now it's, people think, oh, well, are you referring to us all working together and compromising over our differences? Are you actually working on us, like, working on our differences? Like, when you say unity, what do you mean? Like... It, like, I think that's a word that can kind of get a little political, which is so wild. Um, another word is probably like offense, like taking offense to things. <laughs> I think that that also has taken on a political connotation as well. And, or being like politically correct also has very much politically taken. Politically correct has been a, it has a big one. It has absolutely taken on a life of its own. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's thrown out in. A way that seems like if you're being politically correct, you're choosing one side. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Like, I just, all right. That's a good example because politically correct and political correctness is one of those things that was initially 
started as a way to mean that you're going to be <clears throat> cognizant or aware of people's feelings and how things, words or actions might impact someone. Correct. And it was a positive thing that you are exhibiting political correctness mm -hmm. in how you address issues. And then yeah. somehow... It has the word correct in yeah. the word. You That <laughs> means you are doing things right. Like, yeah. I don't know if that is, I mean... I'm Webster dictionarying all these words today, but anyways, I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, no, it, it <laughs> and then it became for some people a derogatory term, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, why do they have to be so PC? Like you should be, and you should be. You, it's, and this is something that I think a lot of this boils down to, at least in my personal opinion, is political correctness and being PC was about the realization that there are people who are different than you mm -hmm. and being respectful of your differences and understanding that there are different worldviews and different ideologies mm -hmm. and just trying to address those in your everyday actions. Absolutely. Um, and doing it in a progressive way and not a passive way. Yeah. And realizing, kind of getting out of your comfort zone and realizing by me just being okay with the fact that someone is different, me actually accepting that and like learning how I can be more accommodating to other people or be more respectful to other people. Yeah. People do not like change. People do not like being corrected. Everyone wants to think that they're right all the time. Like no one really wants to move in their, you know, broadening their mind. Or adapt. It's exactly. It's hard. <laughs> I get oh, it. Every so time hard. I want to start a diet, it's hard. I get it. I understand. I'm not sitting here saying I don't understand why someone wouldn't want to change. But, like, sometimes you just got to do the hard work yeah. and accept that. And so being politically correct became this idea of <laughs> change or die. Yeah, pretty much. You know? and, and if you are on the side of changing, then you are... Also, and this is one of the most frustrating words that became a political thing and lightning rod again, is um, you are listening to We and You here on Forward Radio 106.5 FM and forwardradio.org. So when it's really cold. I knew, I knew you were about to go there. <laughs> When it's cold and uh -huh. there's condensation in the sky and it falls down, what falls out of the sky? A snowflake. Yes, a snowflake. <laughs> um, pretty little one in a million things. And yeah. it became a basically a badge that people would place on people who wanted to challenge other people's beliefs and behavior. Mm -hmm. And it became just the 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 go-to insult for someone who mm -hmm. wanted to ask you to open up your mind mm -hmm. and what's interesting about that though is people who were trying to depoliticize things and say you know maybe we should just try to understand each other and get along and try to learn Oh, you're such a snowflake. Unity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's just another, just a word that... It is. You... That word and what was it? 
it was two words. It was snowflakes, and it was a name that Hillary called Trump supporters. The deplorables. Deplorables. Yes. That was the two words that were so. I mean, that was the that was the hot topic. <laughs> if you had a 2016 word cloud. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was in there. That was absolutely in there. It would be. Let's see, 2016 word cloud. Sad De- exclamation mark. <laughs> Deplorable. Snowflake. Snowflake. Emails. Emails. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was it. That was the word cloud. Oh, and MAGA. Oh yeah. MAGA, MAGA. I don't know how to say it. Um, but I think it's MAGA. Yeah. I don't know. We'll ask them. I want to be politically correct about their uh, slogan. So. You're such a snowflake. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know. That was some really, that was some great references and callbacks yeah. just then. <laughs> um, but yeah, go ahead. I'll just, I guess I can't shut up and dribble because yeah. I have to talk. <laughs> I'll just shut up and dribble. Um, and darn. I'll, I'll try to work that callback in somehow. That was good. That was um, good. But on, on top of words and phrases and just the, the last thing that in this subject, I guess, is facts are facts like facts should not be political correct it, it, if something is proven or if something is something talking about an event that happened mm-hmm. um it's not an opinion and we've gotten to a point where we treat so many facts as opinion mm-hmm. um shout out Kellyanne conway and her alternative facts um circa 2016 that, that word cloud for real shout, real shout out claudia conway <laughs> anyways i would love to get her on here <laughs> i d- yes we love her anyways go ahead but um the there's been a an attack on facts i guess but we should we should agree um moving forward that we do need to take more Uh, assign more preference to facts and being factual Mm -hmm. because it doesn't at least to me it doesn't make sense for empirical things to be considered debatable um i used the example the other day that the only way facts are really debated is what you call them Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is we'll go um dr seuss but if I said um, that's a cat right. in a hat, right? <laughs> if there's a cat in a hat, then that's what it is. Right. And the only differentiation might be what language you, you know, say cat in the hat in. Correct. And I think it gets jumbled a lot when people realize that they are allowed to have opinions on facts. Right. And people take that and run with it as well that fact is not true well if you say there's a cat in a hat and i don't believe that cats should be in hats that's different right there's still a cat in a hat and i can say well i don't believe in cats wearing hats okay i wish that they wouldn't it's like okay i your opinion is valid it does not change the fact that there is a cat in a hat right and some people (laughs) might argue with you and say but no, it's not a cat in a hat because I don't like cats I don't in like, hats. Yeah, I don't think cats should wear them. So that's not what's going on, and that's pretty much where we are in some discourse yes. uh, that people have. Absolutely, is, civil discourse about cats and hats. <laughs> yes, <laughs> is people 
have shifted to talking about um, facts in a way that they're open for comment, mm-hmm. in a, but not comment on just the on just the existence, but on the accuracy of something that is not debatable. And I think that it, it's become a problem just because, um, again, going briefly into the election, just looking at incontrovertible facts that something happened and then one person can say, oh no, all of these things happened. And although it's not a fact and it's not anything that's proven, there are hordes of people who now take that as a fact, even though Mm -hmm. that's just someone's either um, opinion or someone's wishful thinking. And they then use that as an argument against something that's actually factually proven. Um, again, the score of a fo- the hypothetical football game, the 37 to 6, which is a very weird football score, but the 37 to 6 um, is really interesting if someone on the other team was like, well, it was actually 37 to 75,000 but we just didn't want to put it up there. And there's this group of people who are like, oh, see, they actually won. The scoreboard's just not telling the truth. Correct. And that's unfortunately where we are. With If we wouldn't have gotten tackled here, we would have scored. If we time. wouldn't have fumbled the ball, we would have scored. So the score is actually <laughs> 75 to 37 or whatever. Yeah. Like that is, you know, it's hypothetical. Yep. Would you have liked to have this score at 75? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Do you like that your team lost? No. But. But, I mean, like, that's just still happening. But within the (laughs) rules of the game and the constraints of the arena. um, Correct. That's what happened, and you can clearly see when you look at the box score, it was 37 to 6, homie. Yes. And that's where we are. Yeah. Um. So one that I found was something I thought would be interesting to talk about, especially as we both are huge music people, mm-hmm. um, is politics being, or actually really your music choices and your music uh, appreciation being seen as political. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest, I, the biggest example was, um, I don't remember the year. But the Dixie Chicks, now the Chicks, um, they voiced their thoughts on something happening in the country. And then from then on, it was like, oh, if you like the Dixie Chicks, then that means you're a hardcore liberal. You're anti-American and you hate the troops. Yes. (laughs) Which I just want to say, as a black man, if I said I like Dixie anything, I feel like... That shouldn't indicate that I'm hardcore right. liberal. <laughs> right. You're like, I am just letting you know. Just, you know, just just saying. I mean, they had a song about murdering a man. You know what I mean? Like, goodbye, Earl. Uh, goodbye, Earl was a jam. <laughs> <laughs> it was a jam. I, um, yeah, I think it's. It's really interesting, especially when we cross the lines of, you know, what does it mean to be a country music fan? What does it mean to be a yes. pop music fan? What does it mean to be a rap music fan? A musical person? Like, 
Broadway musicals? Like, what does it mean? What's the connotation of being a fan of all of those? Right. You know? There there are definitely pers- political thoughts that are assigned to you based on what you like, which is interesting because mm-hmm. it, it's interesting to think... Um, They'll say, oh, you like country music? Oh, you're a Republican, most likely. Yeah, um, for sure. Or you like, I don't know, indie music. You're an independent. Hot. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. But it, it's it's interesting to think that our personal preferences for things that have nothing to do with politics mm-hmm. um, automatically signal something to people that, yep. oh, you listen to Lil Wayne? Well... 2008 Lil Wayne. I was about to say, maybe it was... 2020 Lil Wayne, 50 Cent. Mm, Right. They don't count. Yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, I... Back when I was in my... When I thought I liked country music, and I really just listened to it because I just wanted to fit in, I thought I liked it. I tried so hard. I never liked it. But, like, (laughs) listening to all these country songs and recalling what they're about, they're literally... Like, I would say 85% of them are nothing political. It's about, like drinking on a lake and mm-hmm. hanging out with your friends and drinking beers and playing with your dog. That's nothing about that is political. Right. But we have this idea of the type of people that would like listen to that and the type of people who want to like have that lifestyle and like what their beliefs are. And it's very similar with, you know, rap music, which I think I listen to a lot more now. You know, if you listen to songs by, like, Cardi B, maybe not, you know, her (laughs) latest one, but it's all about, like, you know, getting money, looking hot, wearing cute clothes, like, obviously she (laughs) says it in a little bit more uh, forward language, but... Oh, yeah, like what? (laughs) Um, But people take that now as, like, a political stance of, like, oh, well, the people that, the kind of people that listen to that are definitely very like liberal and you know whatever like we said about sports so do you think that these genres have leaned into that because oh yes as you were talking about 85 percent of country music is not this Mm -hmm. there's also been there was a shift at least i felt like there was a shift Mm -hmm. in like 2002 Mm -hmm. where country music they did there were some people who shifted their whole discography and started singing about the flag and the country. Oh, yeah. And if you look before then, it wasn't it wasn't about that. No, absolutely um, not. And I think now some country artists are going back to, um, I don't want to say normal, but that's what I think of right now. Um, but there was this period where all the commercials were country songs about some ideological or no some ideal or idyllic uh united states um tell uncle sam like oh yeah it there was this adoption by genres to lean into whatever their Mm -hmm. stereotype was Mm -hmm. and to be completely honest and this is i don't fault the artists for it because I'm guessing it was more driven by management that wanted to make money but they were oh, for basically sure. like after 9-11 yeah. obviously you know? yeah I don't want to say it but yeah no it, but I mean that 2002 that happened in 2001 yeah. I mean I think it absolutely was probably management wanting to profit off of that yeah. off of a country who was freaking devastated and to tie things back I also think that's why football 
Mm-hmm. Um, the the main song for Sunday Night Football is not a rap song. It's not a rock song. Mm-mm. It is a country song where sure they always is. find generally a woman or mm-hmm. a country men group to sing a certain way mm-hmm. with a lot of patriotic imagery yeah. um, as how they sell football. It is like if and Candyman, the music video <laughs> by Christina Aguilera, became a country song. That is the Sunday Night Football. Yes. Fame song. I've been waiting all day <laughs> for Sunday night. Yeehaw, America. <laughs> um, but it's in a way those things, those ideologies have been adopted mm-hmm. or co-opted really by the different types of music where it's like, well, again, like we said with sports, where it was like, you're going to think we're this thing, so we might as well lean into it mm-hmm. for certain types of music, there was just this shift where it was like, all right, well, since, gosh, we're seen as the patriotic music genre now, so we're going mm-hmm. to have a lot of patriotic songs, or yep. we're going to be played at any 4th of July celebration, or Memorial Day, or Independence, like, there are all these different things. Don't forget Flag Day. Of course, Flag Day. Most important day. The most important day of Thank the year. <laughs> Anyway. That's my birthday. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Just to throw that out there. Lee is a flag day kid. I am. Um, but we've gotten to a point where we say, oh, you know, this is our music. So if you don't like country music, then you don't like America. And it's the same thing. Like, if you don't like country music, then you probably didn't like Tebow. And that's really how we assess these things, which is unfair because people by nature are very nuanced individuals and Mm -hmm. it would probably shock no one um who really looked into it to know that like the majority of hip-hop sales go to suburban white boys yeah and they're most likely republican yeah but that's not the political connotation you get when you say rap music it's yes more me than Chad and um, outside of Columbus, Ohio. Brad. (laughs) Chad and Brad. Chad and Brad. (laughs) Dang it. And now we just freaking stereotype names. Way to go. I didn't mean to do that. (sighs) I mean, I know. We're all guilty of this. That's the thing. It's just interesting to talk about it and like determine like why we do this, you know? Yes. And like, why do we just say Chad and Brad? Because <laughs> they rhyme, obviously. That's the only I reason. I mean, that is a good point, yeah. It's the only reason. Anyways. And we were thinking of our our mutual friend, Chad and Brad in Columbus. Yep. Yeah. They know him very well. Chad and Brad Pellegrino. I, they are, that is definitely their actual names. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, I, I, I think that's a good thing to point out, is that we're all guilty of it in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And it it comes to a head in the most interesting of ways because people have even assigned views based on what people look like in a commercial and then like oh that's a that's a democrat company i don't want to shop from there mm-hmm. um i was talking to lee before we started about i think it was a cheerios commercial mm-hmm. where it was an interracial family and people flipped out yeah. and they were like oh we don't need them pushing that lifestyle on our kids <laughs> and it's like Okay. Insanity. <laughs> Insanity. But for a while, the, the commercials, you know, they were like, oh, Cheerios is too liberal for me. Like, But it's one of the most basic cereals you can get. Very 
Um, I mean, Cheerios is very, like, middle of the road, not political. Yeah. It is the most bland, plain yes. cereal. It's even a boring shape. It's wild. I mean, <laughs> literally. It's a British phrase, too. It's not even... It's actually Oh, that's not, anti-American. I'm just saying. Cheerio. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just interesting that we... And I'll say we... Um, mm-hmm. But there's just this connotation that gets created based on imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is there is some credence, I guess, to it where you might... Some people look at commercials and they're like, okay, that's a very conservative or liberal store. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to go there anymore. But mm-hmm. um, there, that's not quantifiable or qualifiable Mm -hmm. but then some people might use other things to then back up that assertion so it's like oh well this place had this in their commercials but then they also donated money to so and so so Mm -hmm. I'm never shopping there again and you know what if you are putting those things together that's fair that's fine Um, I know there are certain places that I like that I no longer shop, where I no longer shop. Yeah, same. Even though it's so close to my house. (laughs) Really. It's right there. It's so inconvenient. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I have to pass two of the place that I would prefer to go (laughs) to go to the place that I have have to go. (laughs) Yeah. Based on their um, commercials and their political action. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, if there aren't things to back that up and it's just a feeling that you have, that's mm-hmm. a little different. Absolutely. Like the Cheerios commercial again. Like you can't just say, oh, well, everyone in the commercial is not white. So mm-hmm. never shopping from then again because they're clearly liberals. No, they just opened the door and they opened their eyes and saw that America is not yep. all white people. It's not all straight. It's not all yeah. one thing. We're not homogenous um, mm-hmm. by design. I mean, I can speak for my ancestors. You brought us here, so, hey, what's up? Yeah. But, like, you can't then have an issue with us being here, but whatever. Um, No, I understand. It's just interesting that a lot of these words that we hear um, or the companies that use certain images, we just assign different values to them based on just our own personal thoughts about how we think things should be and if somebody Mm -hmm. does something different or someone does something that's a little outside of that then it's like oh i'm gonna quickly assign a value to them Mm -hmm. and i think um that happens with commercials it happens again with different words and phrases that we use and i know one triggering thing for me and i think you have one um as well Mm -hmm. but like hearing the election talk about working class people. And it's like, if you want to say white, just say white, because mm-hmm. there are so many people who are not white, who are working class, yeah. who voted a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, we, they, there's still a lot of work to do on working class people. No, it's not. It's just not the working class you were aiming for. I yeah. don't know, but just words like that. Absolutely. Drive me crazy. Um, like blue collar, for example, when it's, Blue collar comedy tour. Yeah, Peter I did. Think, I feel like that is where the connotation of this word might have come from, because really, it's it's literally a type of work that you do. Yes, and it's not exclusive to one race. Yep. And so, for example, and the reason I bring this word up is there is a local soccer coach here who used the word blue collar when he was referring to the type of members that 
he wanted on a team. And this is a very common phrase used in the soccer world. It has nothing to do with their pay. It has nothing to do with their race. It has nothing to do with their like education level. It's what the word is, is it they want players who are going to come in and do the physical work, which is traditional to a blue collar job. Yeah. Like they're not going to be sitting behind a desk doing desk work. And I think that's why they call it blue collar because mm-hmm. it has more to do with the physical than it has to do with, you know, just depending on one person. Everyone is in this together, physically working to and, create a team. And the mentality exactly. that you bring to it. And the mentality that you bring to it. And he was criticized really highly on social media from people saying that he was being racist and he was trying to imply that he only wants, you know, white players here and he, you know, blue collar is so like uneducated and low paid. And why would you ever say that about women's players? Like all these players are coming from colleges and it's just like, Oh my God, what do you think blue collar means? (laughs) Like what, like I'm scared of what you think a blue collar worker is. Like I don't find them to be uneducated and lowly humans. Like it's really more reflective of what those people think blue collar means rather than what the common like terminology within the sports world actually means. And not even just that, not even sports world terminology, just like real world terminology. Like, why is that your opinion on that? And I think that also goes to the whole actions and perception thing that I was saying about like commercials or a place that has commercials that are a certain way and they donate politically a certain way. Looking at that coach and the players they've picked already. (laughs) Yeah. Are any of them white? One Uh, one is. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the, it just it's incongruent to say like this person saying they want this type of player means that they're this mm-hmm. when their actions clearly indicate that that's not the case absolutely um, and so i think what you just said though is a good way to wrap this up mm-hmm. is why and i think what you just said was perfectly summing up why it happens and it's a reflection of some of your own thoughts Mm-hmm. And as people, uh, we all project a little bit. And so. Oh, for sure. We yeah. all do. We're all guilty of it. I'm not like, we're not sitting here saying we're perfect. We never do this. Yeah. I mean, if you don't think so, ask Brad and Chad and Columbus. Exactly. I mean, I talked about, I thought Lily Pulitzer was racist earlier and there. The company is not at all, but it's just, it's just like a ridiculous, like, yeah. notation I have in my brain <laughs> and it is unfair and I recognize that all of that when there has been some some on the action side as well not from the company but right no exactly yeah. it's the company is actually apparently very well yeah educated and they donate to the right yeah things but anyways good for them which yes please donate us stuff yeah um, not any of your clothes I'm good on that but anyways, yeah, go ahead. yeah not the clothes I'll take some money <laughs> yeah, take some money um but really it's it's we need to, or I, I can't prescribe things for people, but I know for me it's good to sometimes stop and think of why I'm creating this connotation mm-hmm. with certain things and why do I feel like, or why do some people think, oh, well, these things in sports, that's clearly political because um, they 
really did this thing and these people the players look a certain way and so this is obviously their politics Mm -hmm. um and that happens because we do project a little bit we do have a reflection of what our own thinking is and we create these pictures in our head through historical data or just things that we've been told or things that we've seen Mm -hmm. and it's it's unfair and we all do it and so it's not to blame anyone but i think the the time we just need to be more responsive of it and we need to work in how we police our own minds mm-hmm. about things that are happening on being a little bit more politically correct yeah. and to use that type of mindset and thinking okay well huh i really shouldn't be assigning this category a value Mm -hmm. just because of something I'm thinking or there's a a way to move through life and say okay I'm just going to accept things as they are Mm -hmm. but also not using my own personal beliefs to say well that person should shut up and dribble because I don't really like what they're saying and I have no idea what from my own personal experience, I have no idea what they're actually talking about, so it's obviously wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the larger things to learn, is to be more understanding of people, especially those that have some different viewpoint than you, mm-hmm. because they've lived their life, you haven't. Yep. And I think that's one, at least a start, on how yeah. we can slowly but surely go towards the depolitization of words phrases and innocuous things we are independent not-for-profit listener-sponsored volunteer-powered community radio and we rely on your contributions to stay on air please go to forwardradio.org click participate to get behind these microphones and click donate if you like what you're hearing and want to help sustain it consider sponsoring an entire day's broadcast with a gift of just twenty dollars to forward radio The music you hear throughout this recording was produced by Esquire Music alongside Spice Productions.